0: Welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 94 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the preamble of the Constitution. So this week, I thought I would talk a little bit about the Constitution, uh, specifically the preamble of the Constitution. And I think for a lot of Americans, this is the only part of the Constitution they've ever actually heard or read. And as a result, I think there's a lot of Americans who have developed their entire view Of the American system and of American government based on the words of the preamble. And this is problematic because really when you get down to it, the preamble doesn't tell us a whole lot. And so I wanted to talk about three specific issues surrounding the preamble. Uh, A couple of them are are things that the preamble does tell us and, and does help us to understand. And then the third part uh, is really specifically explaining why the preamble doesn't really uh, doesn't give any power to the federal government at all. So we'll get into that here in just a second. But I want to start by just reading the preamble to you, and, and most people are probably familiar with this. You may have memorized it at some point when you were in uh, middle school or high school. It goes like this: We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. So pretty cool. Uh, Very poetic. The committee of style that wrote this preamble, they did a nice job. And and it's one of those things that that just kind of flows. And it tells you a lot about the philosophy that the founders held. And it explains what the Constitution was trying to do. What, what, what are the goals of government in the minds of the founding generation? Well, you find this in the preamble. They wanted to establish justice. They wanted to provide for a common defense, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty. So that's the purpose of the Constitution. Now, what do we mean by a more perfect union? I think those words are very important and it really helps us understand uh, in a roundabout way the limited nature of the government that the Constitution created. The union already existed when the Constitution was ratified. The union was established by the Articles of Confederation. So when they talk about forming a more perfect union, they want to improve on what has already been established. This is not a different kind of union. It's the same union as was formed under the Articles of Confederation. And that's very important because some people will assert that, you know, the Constitution created a nation or a national government. No, the foundational formation of the union had already occurred. This made it more perfect. So the states remain sovereign in the system. That's really what I'm driving at here. It's a union of states, and the states maintain their sovereignty, just like they did under the old Articles of Confederation. Now, another important thing that the Constitution tells us is who is sovereign in the system? Who is sovereign? Under the British system, Parliament was sovereign. In other words, the government itself was sovereign. There was no authority higher than the government. The American system is fundamentally different. Government is not sovereign. The people are sovereign. And that's why we see on the top of the Constitution, we the people. It's declaring who is sovereign, where the power flows from. Have you ever wondered why we the people is written in large, ornate letters? Well, this is actually very significant. It tells us something very important. When an 18th century British king issued a grant or a decree, his name always appeared at the top in the same fashion. So the framers merely replaced the king's name on the constitution with we the people, signifying the sovereign authority from which the delegation of power flowed. So the ultimate authority is with we the people. Now, this always raises a question, who are the people? What do we mean by we the people? And I think most Americans, when they hear that, they think of one nation. They think of one big glob of people. But that really isn't it at all. It's really we the people of the states. You see, the states were and remain today the sovereign entities in the systems. The states are the preeminent political societies. And these political societies, they came together to form a union, and they delegated powers to the federal government. But the states are the independent political societies that make up the union. And when the Constitution was originally written, it actually listed out all of the states. So it said, we the people of Massachusetts, of Virginia, of New York, of Georgia, All of the states were listed out. That was changed by the Committee of Style. And there's really not any debate as to why they did this. They did it because they knew that all of the states may not ratify. The Constitution would have gone into effect without all of the states. So let's say Rhode Island decided, you know what? We're gonna not do this whole union thing and we're going to go off on our own. Well then you have this Constitution with Rhode Island written in it and Rhode Island's not part of the Union so they just shortened it to we the people but it means we the people of the states and James Madison made this really clear uh, in the uh, in his report of 1800 He said uh, that that the states, are the people, when we talk about states, we mean the people composing those political societies in their highest sovereign capacity. And he went on, he said, the constitution was submitted to the states in that sense, the states ratified it. And in that sense of the term states, they are consequently parties to the compact from which the powers of the federal government result. So when you see we the people, you should really think in your head, we the people of the states. But beyond that, the preamble doesn't really do a whole lot. It doesn't confer any power. It doesn't give anybody any authority. All it does is create a basic framework. It's kind of like a preview. It says, hey, we want to do these things. We want to establish justice. We want to provide for the common defense. We want to secure the blessings of liberty. But I think a lot of Americans think that just because these words are in the preamble that the federal government can do anything and everything to achieve these ends. And that's simply not true. It's the delegated powers that we find later in the Constitution that actually give the federal government its powers. There are no powers. There's no authority in a preamble. And James Madison made this very clear. He explains it a lot better than I could. Let me just read what he said about the preamble. A preamble usually contains the general motives or reasons for the particular regulations or measures which follow it, and is always understood to be explained and limited by them. In the present instance, a contrary interpretation would have the inadmissible effect of rendering nugatory or improper every part of the Constitution which succeeds the preamble. So when people try to tell you, well, the federal government can do thus and so because it says general welfare in the preamble, they're destroying the whole structure of the Constitution. It creates a a more powerful government than what is intended. You always have to look at the powers that follow. The words of the preamble are very poetic, and they provide a beautiful outline of America's political philosophy. But the preamble does not give anybody any power. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to this show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. Feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at And if you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast for free. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.